I'll just let you all know, Tucker just told me that uh, he said earlier that I'm hot. Yeah. It's so hot. <laughs> he was actually talking about my mind. It's only during Sunday school. Only during Sunday <laughs> Man, it's good to see you all this morning. And uh, i tell you what. The fellowship that we have at this church is amazing. And I will just say that I uh, am reminded of it when we don't meet together or I'm not here. And, and then I uh, miss it. Uh, the fellowship that takes place at this body of believers is amazing. And, uh, and so if you're new with us, stick around and get to know us because we like to fellowship a lot. Uh, and the good news is, is that it's potluck after this. Uh, so... We get to eat, and uh, lots of good food. And if you didn't bring food, still stick around, because there's plenty of food. So stick around, enjoy, it will be good. And um, um, I know that there's a cake back there that I'm really excited to eat. So, um, yeah, so stick around, enjoy, fellowship with us, and uh, eat, some, eat some good food. Uh, you know, in that... Uh, Talking about the, the fellowship uh, that, that's here in this, this body of believers. Um, if you're listening online, I, I want, and we got the, a great opportunity to be online, Facebook Live last week, and that was great. Um, but there is quite a few that listen online, and um, Adam's always telling me the numbers, and it's great, and, and he does a wonderful job in making sure that that gets posted, and, and uh, I don't do my part of the job on my side, but I'll try, I'll try to keep up with that. But I will just say that if you're listening online and you're within a reasonable driving distance, we would love to have you. Um, and a reasonable driving distance really is about four hours, I think. Yeah. So, um, so, so just come and join us. It is good. In a, uh, yeah, everybody drives an hour to get here. Four hours wouldn't be a big deal. So uh, um, it's it's good. It's a great day. Uh, and truly, every time I look across here, that's what, what makes me have great joy that I see all your smiles. I see all the kids in our church. I see all the newcomers. And, and what a blessing it is. And uh, I told Jeff yesterday that, man, what's going on in this church is awesome. And uh, um, the only way we can explain what is taking place is God. And uh, what a blessing it is to be a part of uh, the, the desire to seek the Lord uh, um, right here. And, and I will try like mad to continue uh, to listen to the Lord and bring you guys uh, His Word and allow you to come to a feeding station, as once I, I once said, and, and uh, be fed. And so it is, it is good. Uh, as Tucker already said, today's a great day because we're going to have a couple of baptisms after this. And uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, let me tell you that it's not, uh, hopefully I'm using this word, it's not exclusive to them. So if there's anybody here that has it on their heart to be baptized, there's plenty of water. So uh, uh, be thinking about that. And if you want to join in after this, um, uh, in this baptism, uh, let me know uh, after I'm done preaching here and we will, we will involve you in that and, and allow you to have that opportunity. So um, today is good. I'm overflowing with joy today because of what's going to take place. Um, 
and it has nothing to do with the theory. So, if you're new with us for the first time, listening online, just like I always do, we at Beecher Island are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving Bible preaching church. And if you have any questions about that, um, talk with Nathan. I, Nathan's hiding somewhere. Oh, there he is, there he is. And, um, and if you don't know Nathan, his phone number is... <laughs> Love you. Ah. I just thought we had to do that this morning, but we're going to get started. Um, this morning we're, we're jam-packed with stuff, uh, so I'm going to do it a little bit different. We're going to work our way through John 3, but I'm not going to read it first, but if you will, turn in your Bibles to John 3. John chapter 3. But I want us to also remember why John wrote these things. Why John wrote these things, he tells us in... John chapter 20, verse 31. And how many people are getting this starting to get memorized? These things were written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you will have life in His name. John wrote that so that we will know that, hey, I wrote this gospel so that you will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that's how we need to look at it. And that's how I'm trying to bring it to you, how we're trying to, to, to break it down and, and work our way through the book of John. And uh, let's go ahead and prayer and we'll get started in John chapter 3. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this gospel of John that we can learn from and grow from and just understand that Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And that it's in you, in you that we have life, true life. God, I pray that we grow in that and that we understand that. And then we put it in our hearts and we live with it every day. Keeping our eyes upon you and knowing that we truly have life because of you. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. So last week we, we talked about what Jesus meant when he said that we must be born of the water and spirit. And, and uh, we, we really dug into that and we talked about uh, Jesus saying that you must be born again. And if, uh, and if you missed that, I would encourage you to go online, uh, listen to that sermon. You can go to our website, um, and, and they're all put on there. Uh, like I already said, Adam, Adam does a great job of putting all those sermons on there. and it doesn't matter who's bringing the word, but they're put on there. And, and so I'd encourage you to go there and listen to last week. But today, we get to explore even more. Get to explore being born again even more. So we're going to jump in at verse 7. John chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. So is everyone born of the Spirit. See, when Jesus is talking about the wind here, uh, I'll be honest with you, probably for... For many, many years, I have just read it and kind of thought about the wind blowing and just went on with it. But I really wanted to pull out of this, what, what is Jesus saying when the wind blows everywhere? And, it, and I spent some time on it this week, and, and I, I love uh, what Jesus is saying here. When he's talking about the wind, the wind cannot be understood or controlled by us. 
yeah, we can see it, and we can see its effects. And, and if you were paying any attention the other day when the wind was just howling, you could see tumbleweeds being pushed by the wind and, and trees moving and everything else. You could see the evidence of the wind. We could witness to it, right? We can be witnesses to that wind. So also it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot be controlled or understood by us. We can, we can try to understand it. But the proof is that His work is obvious. The work of the Holy Spirit is, is obvious. Where the Spirit works, there is a, an undeniable and unmistakable evidence of it working. And I, I think a lot of times we try to convince ourselves that it was just a coincidence. And it really wasn't the Holy Spirit working, or whatever we would make it out to be. But honestly, we need to give credit where credit is due. And that is always to our God, and praise our God. Because let me just say that I truly believe that there is no coincidence. There is no coincidence. If we understand that our God is a complete detail orchestrator, and we truly believe that, there's no coincidence. There's no coincidence at all. See, uh, uh, we understand that our God is an amazing God. And He does work out the details. And as we read on in John, we see that Nicodemus was struggling with understanding what it still meant uh, being born again. And he said, how can this be? How can this be? And we go to verse 10. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel? And do not know these things? Jesus is saying here that uh, uh, you're a very highly regarded teacher. Like, you're at the level of, of like a, 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 prof a, a doctorate professor. We say that, like, you're, you're at the high level there, Nicodemus. And you don't understand these things? You should. You should understand them because you know the Old Testament. You, you know what it says. So Jesus goes on to tell him. Verily, verily, I said to thee. We talked about that last week. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Jesus is saying, Amen, Amen. Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you something that I need you to hear. I need you to comprehend, and I need you to put in your heart. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. We speak what we know and testify that we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? It goes back to what I just said a little bit ago. That we witness the work of the Holy Spirit. We see it happen. But we write it off. We write it off as a coincidence or a, or a good doctor. But, but when it doesn't go our way, when, when, when things don't go the exact way that we were praying, we sure blame God for we sure put it back on him in, that, in them scenarios. You know, when Alyssa was uh, younger, she got pretty sick. And uh, she's probably, she didn't know I'm going to talk about her today, but it's okay. It's, it's a good one. Um, she got pretty sick when she was younger. And, um, we took her to the hospital, and, and uh, they, they started running all kinds of tests, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, and she had... She had some pretty severe abdominal pains, and uh, uh, they couldn't figure it out. 
ran test after test after test, and uh, uh, doctors were, were working together to figure it out. And we're sitting in there, and all of a sudden, they come a-running. I mean, it was a herd that came in there with great force. And they said, we're, we're going for emergency surgery right now, and, and we need to go. And so they're, I mean, throwing stuff on her bed, and they're running, trying to take her out. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to pray on my daughter. And Christy and I, and they all gathered around, and we prayed on Alyssa, and, and um, they had told us that her appendix had exploded and or ruptured, and that it was all over in her abdomen, and they had pictures, and, and um, we were on the phone with our, with our family physician, her, her doctor, and and she said, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's everywhere. And so I said, hold up, we're, we're going to pray on her. And, and uh, we prayed on her, and, uh, and then they rushed off. And we called people and said, hey, please be in prayer. And, and the doctor said, you know, it's, it's going to be several hours. Uh, um, it's going to take a while to, to make sure we get everything cleaned out of there. And um, so we, we were sitting there, and it seemed like forever. But about 45 minutes later, the doctor came out. And... Um, said, I got it wrong. I took out her appendix, and it's perfect. There's really nothing wrong with it. Christy and I just kind of looked at each other. And it's one of them deals where you look back and you say, I wish I would have said. I wish I would have said, Doc, no, you got it right. But the God of all creation, the God of all healing, he beats you. <laughs> he beats you to healing her. You didn't, we didn't need you. And he said, I got it wrong. I, but we know, and everybody tried to write it off as, as all the doctors got it wrong. They had pictures to prove that they were right. They were right. But our God healed Alyssa. And I want to be careful in this because, you know, everybody's going to say, well, then why did God heal your daughter and not mine? Why did God heal your family member, your family member but not mine? And you know what? All I can say in that is that, you know what? God loves you. And He loves me. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, you get to ask Him one day that question. Because I don't know. But one day, if you believe, you'll get an answer. You'll get an answer. You see, our God is good. And we need to give him praise where praise is due. Not, not write it off as anything else. No. When we see that it is him at work, which it is always him at work, let's recognize him for it. Let's call it out like it is. Let's give him the praise. Jesus goes on to say in verse 13, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. He, he's saying that there is no other man on earth who has ever come from heaven to reveal what I am revealing. This just, just, just hit me. Because when we really think about who our Jesus is, He is the only one who has ever come down to reveal the truth of heaven and our God. 
And there's many religions out there that want to claim that they bring a revelation from God, that God spoke to them and gave them this great knowledge, and they're teaching it. Let me just tell you, it's a false teaching. It, Jesus says right here, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's revealing a truth to you, and it's my truth that you need to believe. Not any other man's truth, but my truth. My truth. And I'm bringing you this teaching. Is what Jesus says. See, and he says, I want you to comprehend it. I want you to know it. I want you to put it in your heart. And I want you to live the truth that I'm revealing to you. And if anything contradicts that teaching, put it as a false teaching. Don't listen to it. But there's more to this verse. And I'll be honest with you. Man, there's a, the, 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 the Scripture's coming alive to me. And I just love it. Because I, I want to read it one more time. I want you to hear it. And I hope that your version has this in there because in some versions it takes it out, but it needs to be in there. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Who is in heaven? A lot of scriptures, a lot of translations take that out, but it needs to be in there. And if your Bible doesn't have it, just go ahead and write it in there now. It needs to be there. It is good. But what's Jesus saying in this? Even as he stood there and talked with Nicodemus, as he was standing on this earth talking to Nicodemus, he said he was in heaven. What do you mean you're here on earth, Jesus? How can you be in heaven? He was speaking truth, though. He was speaking absolute truth. See, the statement is the fact that as God, as God, the Lord was in all places, all at the same time. That's, that's our God. That is our God. This is what is meant when it's stated that our God, that Jesus, is omnipresent. He is everywhere, all at the same time. And again, if your translation doesn't have that, write it in there. Because it needs to be in there. Because our Jesus is omnipresent. Omnipresent. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus now starts to unravel some heavenly truth to Nicodemus. He was saying, I was talking to you about earthly things, but now we're going to some heavenly things. And I need you to listen, Nicodemus. But Nicodemus says, how can the new birth take place? How can this be? And and we start to understand. We start to understand that the penalty of man's sin must be met. That's what Jesus is laying out here for Nicodemus. The penalty for them sins must be met. And, and we cannot go to heaven in our sin. There's no way we cannot do that. So now Jesus uses the Old Testament to share with Nicodemus what he's trying to say. And Nicodemus would have absolutely known this account. Nicodemus would have known this Old Testament uh, story, this account of Moses. So if you will turn over with me to Numbers 21. Numbers 21, because I want to read this story that Jesus is referring to here, this account of Moses. Numbers chapter 21. <laughs> and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Numbers 21.
Numbers 21, verses 1 through 9. And I'll just tell you right off the bat, I'm going to get these names wrong, but that's all right. When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in Negev, heard the Israel, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Athriam, he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give this people into my hand, then I will devote their cities to destruction. And the Lord heeded the voice of Israel and gave over the Canaanites. And they devoted them and their cities to destruction. So the name of the place was called Hormon. From out, or they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom. Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He take away the serpent from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, who sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. You know, the first thing I think about is this, is that, as Jeff said this morning in class, Aren't we the children of Israel? Aren't we then? I mean, we get impatient with God. We, we, we get discouraged with Him. We, we complain against the Lord. <clears throat> we flat out as a human race sin against our God. And Jesus has given us an amazing illustration of this. You see, Moses lifted up the serpent of brass on a pole in the in the wilderness when all the children of Israel had been bitten. And they were they were crying out to the Lord. And so so Jesus so so God gave him this instruction to lift up this serpent. And then when they were bitten they could look at this and they would be miraculously healed by looking at this serpent on this pole. But Jesus quoted this Old Testament account to illustrate. To illustrate how the new birth takes place. You see, all mankind has been bitten by the serpent of sin. All mankind has been bitten by the serpent, and, uh, the serpent of sin, and we are all condemned to hell. All mankind is condemned to hell. You know, the serpent of brass was an amazing illustration of our Lord. I mean, truly think about this. The brass in the Bible it is commonly spoken of as judgment. And so when you think about this, though, Jesus was sinless. 
and should have never been punished, but he took our place. He took mankind's place and took the judgment that we so deserve. But he took it. The pole, the pole is a cross of Calvary on which the Son of Man was lifted up so that we are saved when we look to him in faith. And when we read verse 15, it ties it all together. 15 and 16, he says that whoever, I want you to highlight that in your Bible, that whosoever, that whosoever, that whosoever. In John chapter 3, verse 15, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He's saying that you're born again when you look to me on the cross of Calvary because I've taken everything for you. I have taken all the sin of mankind and I've brought it on myself. And when you look to me just as the children of Israel looked to the, looked to the serpent on the pole and they were miraculously healed, when we look to Jesus, we are miraculously healed for eternity. For eternity we are with Him. You see, because He goes on. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. That whosoever, highlight it again if it's not highlighted in your Bible, because whosoever, it doesn't split it out. It's not, it, you, whosoever. If anybody tries to ever tell you that you can't have heaven, you just tell them whosoever. Whosoever. Jesus tells me whosoever. Whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's that verse. John 3.16 is so widely known. It is plastered everywhere. But do we believe it? Do you believe wholeheartedly that when you believe in Him, when you look to Him in faith, that you have everlasting life? Period. Don't add anything to it. Don't. Don't add, I need to do this. I need to do that. No, it's complete. It is complete in Him. When God sent His one and only Son to die on that cross for you, it was completed. Jesus said, it's finished. It's all me. It's all me. We can't do anything to add to it, guys. You just have to look to Him. Look to Him. Guys, these things have been written so that we will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we will have life in His name. We've all been bitten by the snake. We've all been bitten by the snake and we are all sinners, but God loves us so much that He wants us to be with Him for all eternity. He wants us to be with Him forever. Forever and ever and ever. It doesn't end. So he sent his one and only son to be lifted up on the cross and crucified for all mankind. For all mankind. No exclusions. All we have to do is look to him and believe. Look to him and believe. And you will have life in his name. You will be born again. You will be a new creation, is what he says, in him. 
You see, verses 11 through 21 use the word believe seven times. Seven times it uses it. Jesus is saying, to be born again, you just have to believe in me. Look to me and believe in me. But Jesus goes on to say in verses 18 through 21 what it is if you don't believe. And I'll just summarize it for you. Hell. And I'm not trying to preach fire and brimstone, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Jesus lays it out here very, very clear. If you are not a believer, you have one choice. Hell. Really, it's not your choice. You get sent there. There's no way around. There's no objecting to it. There's no, no disputing it. Jesus is very clear. And I'll be very honest with you. I don't want a single person that I know, even my enemies, to know hell. I want them to know Jesus Christ so that they can have life in Him. Because if you're a believer, if you believe in Jesus Christ, there's no worries. He and He alone gives you the promise of everlasting life. We get heaven and we believe. And we make it so complicated. And I don't get it. But I do it myself. I make it so complicated that Jesus says, do you just trust in me, son? Just put your eyes upon me and know that I got you. And I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to prepare a place. And I'm going to come back and get you. That's a promise he makes. All who listen to me preach the word I don't ever want to hear. But maybe they're on their deathbed. I hope I did enough. Because all you had to do was one thing. Believe in Him. Believe in Him. That's all you have to do. As we continue to read in chapter 3, we get to the last testimony of John the Baptist in the Gospel of John. Verse 22. Verse 22, John the Baptist is just laying it out in his testimony here of who Jesus is and who we need to be. Verse 22, After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John was also baptizing in Anan near Salim because there was plenty of water. Because there was plenty of water. There's plenty of water up here, here in just a little bit if you want to come to where there's plenty of water. And people were coming and being baptized. There was, this was before John was in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and certain Jew, a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man that was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testify about, look, he is baptizing and everyone's going to him. John's disciples thought it was a competition. I mean... As a guy, I can understand this, right? 
They thought it was a competition, a competition to baptize the most people. Hey, John, we're losing our people. We're losing our battle. The guys that are being battled, they're going over there. And if we think that these guys are being a little selfish, let's hold up a mirror. Because how many times, how many times do we, do we look at the church down the road as our competition? How many times do we look at, 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 at other places of worship who are worshiping Jesus Christ as our competition? And we fight like mad to fill the seats of our church and, and have the most people here. I'm generalizing. But you know what? We're doing the same as them. It seems like we're fighting over believers. Why are we fighting over believers? Because if there's a believer already at a home church, let's leave them there. Let's let them be fed where they're at. Go to the feeding station that they're already at. I pray as a church, and I think we're doing it. I pray as a church that we're seeking the lost. That we're going out and finding the ones that don't have a church home. That, that aren't going anywhere out there. Let's bring them to Jesus. Let's bring them to Jesus. You see, because I love John's answer to him. I love John's answer to him as we continue on in verse 27. To this, John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And he's full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy is mine. The joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater. And I must become less. He must become greater and I must become less. It's not what every one of us should say. I must... Jesus must become greater, and I must become less. In everything. In everything. To use the example I just used, if God wants to send a family or a person to our church, man, what a blessing. What a great thing. But I am in no way going to tell people at Beecher Island to go and seek people who already have a home. Let's go find the lost. Let's go find the lost and encourage them to do the same. To make Jesus greater as we become less. You know, I... I always say at the beginning of every sermon that uh, Beecher Island is a non-denominational, independent non-denominational, Jesus-loving Bible-preaching church. But I pray that all churches are around are Jesus-loving Bible-preaching churches. And that when people go to church, they find the Word of the Lord and be fed. See... I pray that as believers of the one true God, we bring people to Christ. You don't need to bring them here. 
And I'll say it again. You don't need to bring him. But you need to bring him to Jesus Christ. Continue to be a witness of the Holy Spirit and what He does to all those around us. Jesus must become greater and we must become less. Verse 31, John 3, verse 31. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Amen, amen. For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for God gives a spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Do we believe it? Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Amen? Amen. Amen. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. These things are written so that we will know that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, we will have life in His name. Eternal life. And be born again. God's Word is good. And I'm going to invite the music team up. Uh, come on up and, and, and uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. But man, I just want to say that if today you are saying, I'm going to believe in this Jesus. Praise the Lord. Today, if you were saying for the first time, <clears throat> I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to open my heart and let Jesus be the Lord of my life. Praise the Lord. If today for the first time you are understanding that there is only one true life, and that true life is looking to Jesus, praise the Lord. If today for the first time you are saying, Jesus must become greater, and I must become less, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is you today. The elders and I will pray with you. We're going to pray with you. If we stand and sing here in a minute, we're going to be in the back. And I just want to invite you this morning that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never looked to Him, today's the day to do it. Today's the day to look to Him and be born again. Be born again. And I will tell you that if you have done that, but you have never stepped into the water, if you've never been baptized, today's the day. Let me just reiterate. The water doesn't save you. Jesus does. That water is saying, Jesus, for the rest of my days on this earth, I'm going to live for you. And one day, when you take me home, I will live with you for all eternity. And speaking to the masses, that Jesus is my King. So today, if you've never been baptized, let me encourage you to jump in the water. 
jump in the water and be baptized. Because it's the brand, as Tucker says. Brand of Jesus. And don't we all want Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you so much that you hung on that cross and you, you took the penalty. You, you took it all. When we are the ones that should have been punished, but you took it for us. Thank you, Jesus. I pray right now that we look to you always. And maybe, maybe we haven't been walking in your ways, but we've looked to you in the past, but we kind of just got off on a bad, on a bad journey here, God. I pray that we will look back to you and know that you were there. I thank you for that. And I just pray that if anybody's opened their heart this morning to you, to be born again, that they just fully open their heart and they just uh, reach out and grab your hand because it's there because we know that you'll pull them in and I just pray this morning that all walls are broken that if we that if anybody today accepts you but they've not been baptized because they got walls built up they got pride built up that they'll just lower those walls Shout to the masses. Shout on the mountaintop. But Jesus, you're their king. By stepping in that water and going down into the water, recognizing that they're dying with you. And being brought up out of the water. A new creation. That's all been done because you hung on that cross. You laid in that grave and you rose. And now you sit at the right hand of our God. What a blessing to know that. What a blessing it is. Thank you, Jesus. For the saving that you do. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us. If you'd like prayer, come to the back.